Minus 3 with Dave Damashek. Hi, hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus 3. Let's chop it all up. Part of the Extra Points Network, of course. If you're placing a bet, make sure you do it with your pals here on Minus 3. FanDuel.com slash Minus 3. The word minus the number three is how you do that. Follow along on social media. All the fun can be had there for your eyeballs, your heart, your gut, and otherwise. At Minus 3 Pod is how you do that. Go back and listen to our earlier podcast from this week. Just 48 hours ago, we kibitzed with Ross Tucker, a.k.a. one of the very few trustworthy voices when it comes to offensive line play. Most everybody else is a pretentious ass letting you know who is and isn't good at leaning up against other 300-pound men. Ross Tucker, one of the very few exceptions, like I say, to the exception to that rule that I have. We broke down. The offensive line, because obviously it looms large in who wins the AFC North. In fact, it looms large in who wins most football games, as we saw in the last football game of import that we watched, a.k.a. the Super Bowl, when Patrick Mahomes looked very mortal behind a garbage O-line. So go listen to that one. He broke down the question mark probably of the whole AFC North. How good or bad is the Pittsburgh Steelers line going to be? Good conversation there. Also, we dove in a little bit on our 21st century idea to replace all halls of fame. They need to be moved up to Mount Pius and replaced by the Hall of All. People who actually deserve it. People like Bo Jackson. He's not in any Hall of Fame. How can we move forward with knowing that the best athlete of all time is in no Hall of Fame? Weird. We must fix it. Let's talk about all of it with our pal, Kevin Hench, recovering from a knee injury. Kind of like Giannis. Is he doing as well as Giannis on the, on the refresh knee? I don't know. How say you, Hedge? I'm, uh, I'm doing more like Kawhi than Giannis uh, in terms of uh, recovery. Um, Giannis, look, that play, you know, he's the freak. He's the Greek freak. And of all the plays he's made in his incredible career – that play, that block on the Aiton alley-oop was the definition of a physical freak. Like, it's simply not possible to have your body facing in this direction at the elbow and then recover and block a seven-footer's dunk attempt. Like, you know, I've watched it 50 times, and it, it just – Giannis does this all the time where you're like, oh, oh, he jumped too soon. And then he dunks. You're like, whoa, he left to, you know, he's obviously a physical freak. That's what makes him who he is. But that particular footwork, getting into his jump that quickly, um, you know, so an iconic play uh, sets the stage for maybe a great finish to the series. And and thankfully for the NBA, people are not going to be talking about the worst 12 minutes of officiating in league history, they'll be. Talking. I don't, don't be a prisoner of the moment. Don't get hyperbolic, and you just hit the nail on the head. You were doing neither of those things. You're exactly right. I mean, for real, as I'm watching it, and relatively early in the quarter too. But first of all, I, I want to talk about the terrible officiating because we're playing, but we're playing into the NBA's hands here. Adam Silver's evil plan is coming together here as we swoon over Giannis's play uh, instead of talking about the more obvious. Um, impact on the game's result which was the uh, the all-time atrocious officiating performance by those guys um but you know our news cycle moves so fast that i think we kind of aren't fully celebrating the Giannis block because if i showed you what happened to Giannis's knee 
turning in the wrong direction. I mean, was that even two weeks ago? Was that more than two weeks ago that that happened? And that guy, if I showed you in that moment, if you're a Bucks fan or otherwise, yeah, do you see how Giannis's knee is going? He's going to do this in a few days. That It would be even more impossible to fathom what happened there. You know, and people are already doing where does this rank among all time great defensive plays. It's a good, it's a kind of a fun question. Is it better than the Lebr- LeBron block? I don't know. I can, here's what I'll say about that. One, I do think Devin Booker was a little careless with the toss. I think it was behind Aiden. It wasn't a great if, pass. If makes- Obviously, if he puts it on the rim, there's no way that Giannis can get there. If he just puts it right on the rim. But because he lofted it a little too high, Aiton's gather took longer and had farther to go to flush it. Um, but uh, but I would say in terms of the, comparing it to the LeBron chase down, um, LeBron's block, incredible, the moment, the result, uh, It's kind of, that's maximum. I mean, you really can't do better than that. Uh, the Bucks have to win this series, I think, for that play to right. equal LeBron's play. But just in terms of physical freakishness, it's it's definitely on par with the freight train. LeBron, he's LeBron's also fast. Like that's not allowed. Giannis is like nimble and powerful, and he can and he can leap out of the building. Like um, so. Anyway, the, the series has been so crappy. It was it was very nice to have a good game, and and maybe maybe we'll get another one uh, in Game Five. Now that the Suns are a little rattled, this was going to be a coronation, and uh, it was going to be a coronation. And when, when the ball goes off of P.J. Tucker's toe blatantly and Devin Booker, and you can always tell because we've been out there, and it was funny because, of course, for the millionth time in the last 20 years, I thought as I watched the ball go off of P.J. Tucker's toe and Devin Booker immediately turned to the officials like, well, no, that was obviously off of him. You can tell by the reaction if it's true or not. You, can, you really can't. P.J. Tucker puts his head down and immediately sprints to the other end. That was a tell. He knew who the ball just hit himself. Sort of like on the blue top when I immediately said, that ball did not go off of me. I was a, I was a, when the ball, when you and Sal and Jonathan Kimmel all claimed it went off of me, that of course didn't go I, I off of me. And I reacted is, instantaneously. And why, how could I know to lie is, like that? I'm not that, that level is, of liar. That is definitely the sign of a clean conscience. In 2021, you saw okay. a play in the NBA Finals game, and you immediately went to the time you cheated. That is definitely not the sign of a clean conscience, that you even thought about it. You even had to think about it. But listen. No, I felt because I related drag. to Devin let's, Booker. I related talk, to Devin Booker's pain. Let's not talk about your flawed character. Two superstar, two superstar, two superstar clutch performers wrong by – by uh, third parties. Here's but my anyway. favorite part of that play. This is my favorite part of that play. Okay. If Bob Cousy and Hal Greer are in the same situation and uh, their feet are close together, they're both wearing white Chuck Taylors. Like every shoe looks exactly the same. There is a bright purple sneaker and a bright red sneaker. Like it is, it is insane that this guy could not divine which bright colored sneaker the ball went off and then look at the shoe look at the feet in front of you you're standing right next to these guys look at the feet and go well it definitely went off a purple shoe i saw it now i'm going to take a moment and look at their feet and confirm who it's off of nope i got it i know immediately that that 
this went off Devin Booker's foot, but went in this direction. Okay, it's- that starts it. And by the way, in the age of replay, I wonder if cynics like me, I mean, I will, if if the Bucks win this series. The Giannis block was great, but I also think Devin Booker, as I say, helped him out a little bit with a, with a not ideal pass to Aiden there. And by the way, in that spot, should Booker, Booker really be that cute? No look, floater, you're, you're burying everything. You're the scorer on the team, number one. Ride that. Um, and two, beyond the, the, the toe kicking the ball out of bounds there, it's, you know, is that, is, did Monty Williams play a bigger role in getting the Bucks back into the series at 2-2 than Giannis did with that? Because if he, because Booker's like, hey, coach, and it's like, ah, too late to do anything about it. Um, one and two, then it goes to the other end of the floor. Okay, fine. The Suns are still in a good spot at that point in the fourth quarter until they go to the other end. And then they call Devin Booker for some jive along the baseline. That was not a, a foul that gives him his fifth foul. So they have to sit him down for the bulk of the fourth quarter. And now the Bucks get back into it with Chris Middleton playing really well, which leads me to my next question. And by the way, Great that the Bucks fans towards the end of the game are saying, are chanting, refs, you suck. Because, of course, they should have fouled out Devin Booker later. He fouled uh, – who was it that he that he got there? Was it Middleton? Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. Oh, he gets Holiday yeah. a couple of times. But then, by like, the way, like, he also – Like, literally an intentional foul. Like, he wraps right. him up. Like, it is – you know, we you see it in hockey all the time. You go, like, well, the makeup call is coming – I've never seen a makeup no call like that where it's like, hey, we fucked up with the fifth foul. So we're going to give him some latitude. How much? Just wait and see. Just he wait and see. He tackled him in the air. We're gonna, tackled he's going to foul him immediately with his extended arm. He's going to be a foul immediately that we're not going to call. Then he's going to wrap him up literally like an intentional foul on a bad free throw shooter. And we're going to let that go too. I mean, imagine if Giannis doesn't clean up the miss. You know, they get the bucket. Right. But that non-call. So, you know, I mean, that's when I always want to – my fantasy is always to uh, sit the three refs down and then run some video for them and go, take us through your process here. What did you see? (laughs) I love – yeah, that's – of all the things that that is somehow that they are above or removed from that sort of uh, deep dive when the play, like if the players have to sit there and it, it's going to be, I, I don't, I'm uncomfortable. I have a stutter. I don't like to be put in a public setting like that forced to answer. But then the referee should have to do the same. I mean, it really should be right after the game. What the hell happened there? That was a, absurd. That, like, you know, the two minute report, have a league official sit down and 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 explain the two minute report to us. Like, go wrong, wrong. And the other thing, like these are massive missed calls in crucial situations. But the just general thing of I'm going to shoot my three pointer and then I'm going to throw my arms and legs out and fall down every time, and you morons are going to fall for it half the time. Like, why hasn't officiating evolved to the point where if you make any unnatural motion, I'm not calling a foul. I, I fucking don't care if you get hit in the face. If you are trying to bait me, if you're trying to trick me into calling a foul on a three-point shot, then I don't give a shit if you do get fouled. Fucking play the game, shoot your jump shot. If you get fouled, we'll call it. This thing where it's like, Jay Crowder, why'd you fall down? 
What happened there that made you fall down? Oh, I got, I got, I got touched by PJ Tucker's uh, pinky finger. It's, it's insane. And then the other thing is like, I'm 35 feet from the hoop. I'm going to up fake and I'm going to launch my body 10 feet forward, clearly creating all the contact to a guy who has to go vertical. Like he has to go straight up on a, on a 30 foot jump shot. Like, of course he's coming at me and I, oh, I get three free throws. Worst play, worst play in all of sports. The totally unnatural launch yourself into the defender, clearly creating the contact, three free throws. So well, it also it makes it very difficult to ever not blow the whistle when there's contact. By definition, when there's contact, now they've put themselves into a tough spot in the age of pick and roll to not blow the whistle almost every time you see two guys collide like that. Um, How about this? Yeah. This, is good. this is a good fix. This is punch up uh, on the fly. Oh, punch good. Up. Here we go. You know how in football it's like you cannot you cannot touch the holder, the kicker, the punter. These are sacred Fabergé eggs that cannot be touched unless you block the kick, and then you can fucking blow that guy up. You can do whatever you want on a mm. three point shot. Anything deemed an unnatural shooting motion, you can do whatever you want to the guy. You can do if if he is if he is throwing his arms and legs out, you can you can just run right through him. You can you can uh, spear him in the chest because there that is ruining the game. The the I mean James Harden I think perfected it, but like shoot the ball, get your feet get your feet into the feet of the defender. You go, you go horizontal, so your feet go out as far as possible, and then it's all oh, he didn't give me landing area. Whose well, landing by the way, area is six foot six inches? This is your landing area. Well, I mean, of course, the patron saint of that sort of jive is Reggie Miller. But yes, we have now peaked with that because you know, shame the devil that you ever impugn NBA. You know, you can't. You're not allowed to do that. They're the ones. They're the forebears of all things good and progressive, according to most. But of course. These playoffs have revealed they have injuries more significant than the NFL playoffs determining who advances. It's like soccer with the with the uh, performance art. And now it's like the NHL where they just uh, swallow the whistle like, yeah, bad if we call a foul in this spot. So let's just let it go here. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just terrible. What I will say is, as we jump into our best bets going into the weekend, since we have a few days until game five tips off in Phoenix. And like I say, the what if stuff of like, they could have filed out Booker late in the game, but of course he wouldn't, shouldn't have had that fifth file. They would be going home for a coronation in the desert right now. If Booker doesn't get that fifth file early on, uh, in that spot. Or or if, you know, you got to be able to look your superstar in the eye and go, I'm leaving you in. Don't get a foul. Like every minute you put a guy on the bench is a minute. He's not on the court. Like you're deciding that he's not going to be out there. So he's effectively fouled out for every minute you keep him next to you. That's right. You know, I just think guys have got to be able to play with fouls and you've just got to trust them. Now Booker's a little, he's a, I don't know. He makes some weird decisions. Um, like, yeah, like, like that extra thought, like that foul. Monty Williams obviously knew something we didn't know. I was like, what the? I was like, okay, seven minutes left. Get Booker at six minutes. 
Okay, five minutes left, Coach. You got to get your star back into the game. I guess Monty Williams knows that Devin Booker has no sense of how not he'll, to foul somebody. He'll wrap a guy up on a breakaway. If I put him back in the game, there's no, there's no three on one too. Like what? What is what's going through Booker's head in that spot? Like it's three on one. Give up the bucket, man. Did you see Aiton when Giannis stole the ball and was free on a breakaway? Aiton was like, "You just go ahead. I'm, I, I'm not going to go at the rim because I have no chance of stopping you anyway." What's Booker even doing in that spot? That was loco, too. He did put on a show, and Damashek did hit his bet of the night on extra points with Cousin Sal. I said, Booker, the top scorer of the night, that cashed at plus 380. Really holding off Chris Ham- uh, Chris uh, Middleton there with a gangbusters performance himself, largely of the Booker being on the bench. But anyway, what were you saying there, Hench? Well, just that uh, Booker, like, he he's clearly – um, dominant scorer, but even the fouls and I, and I agree like the foul on the baseline, like, but he does get into f- unnecessary foul trouble. Right. Like, it's like, why are you even in foul trouble? Like these nickel and dime fouls where, you know, it's like they are going to call that or they might call that. The point is, here's your responsibility to the team. You got to play the whole fourth quarter. That's like when you in the second quarter, you need to think about being on the court in the fourth quarter. So I, I feel like he, it's weird because uh, he seems like sometimes a little spaced out. And obviously on that sixth foul, they didn't call. I don't know what what was going through your mind. You were willing to sit out the rest of the game. That was the decision you made. I'm going to wrap my arms around him and I'm going to foul out. And then, and then the ref said, no, you're not. I In that spot, I would, again, talk about pulling a guy off to the side. Like, I wish we had – I had that uh, – who's the superhero spaghetti who has the power? He can just stop time and, like, and like you know, like they're all frozen and then he can walk among the people. I feel like that's a Superman thing. Whoever has it. Um, Adam Sandler and Click. Doctor okay. Strange, maybe? A Doctor Strange kind of has that. Superman in the original Superman uh, – he he once remember he flew around the world to reverse time by like three minutes so that he could save Lois Lane. Um, I, I know everybody listening to me right now remembers that, especially Kevin Hench loves that. Um, the um, but anyway, yeah, I'd love to ask Booker like, why'd you just do that, man? It's three on one. Why'd you do that? That was weird. What what was your, what was your thought process of, of tackling the the would be shooter on that one? And you're exactly right with the what if stuff. First of all, the Suns win the game if Booker doesn't get his fifth foul. But also, if Giannis doesn't pick up, clean up uh, the rebound and, and just put it right back, what then happens if the Suns win that game? The Suns win in that in that circumstance, even weirder. As it is, it seems clear to me that Booker is going well, – this isn't uh, much of a bold take at this point. Booker's going to be the MVP if the Suns win the series, unless Chris Paul drops 50 or something like that in the deciding game or in a, in a really tough spot. But Chris Paul also deserves a sizable chunk of the blame. I mean, what what in the hell, Chris Paul? You know, what, what was that fall down with the ball untouched? I thought he hit, a, he hit a wet spot on the floor. Oh, no, he didn't. He just fell down. That was weird, too. But so Devin Booker is going to be your MVP. I think what's interesting is, is it Giannis or Middleton? And it'll be largely determined by who rises up in these next handful of games if the Bucks get it. Um, but about Middleton, everybody is so sort of perplexed by the dynamic between these two. It's like, but Giannis is your superstar. Like, why would you have Middleton shooting in, in big spots? Wait, 
it's a superstar who you can't give a ball, the ball to in the final two minutes. I can't. Sports has never seen such a situation. Do you, do you not remember the Shaquille O'Neal Lakers? The the clear cut in an age that included Kobe and any you know any number of other uh, great players. You had Shaquille O'Neal, who was just impossible to handle on the blocks, and the Lakers understood. Well, yeah, well he we, the offense can't run through him with the last two minutes, so we have to give it to Kobe, to the young guy, to to make some big shots, and Derek Fisher and Bob Ory and those guys. I, I don't understand. Like, do people just not remember that? Or like, why is it so? Or and, and including Coach Bud, I guess we saw that up until halfway through the the Nets series, and then suddenly the light bulb went on for him, I guess, and he was like. Oh yeah, this we 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 can't have Giannis there because they'll foul him. And suddenly he realized what Phil Jackson realized twenty years ago, I guess. But um, I, I I don't find it that uh, hard to fathom that you know that 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 it just that Giannis is as dynamic as anybody in the game. But you know his limitation is that he can't make a free throw. And fortunately, in Holiday and more in in Middleton, you have other guys who can make shots in big spots. Well, that's it. Uh, you know, as I as I've been saying, uh, I've never seen a guy like Holiday so consistently wide open and barely drew iron. <laughs> Jesus Christ, four for twenty. This guy, it's weird to, to your Middleton Giannis point. Like when when Giannis gets a defensive rebound and dribbles the ball straight up the court and kind of looks at Holiday like fuck off you're like, oh, they have a much better chance of scoring than if the point guard dribbles the ball up the court. Like, Holiday, I mean, I know it was like, look, we're not going to get anywhere with Eric Bledsoe. We have to upgrade the point guard. We got to get we got to get Drew Holiday. Five for 23 in the closeout against Brooklyn. Four for 20. These are both wins, by the way, by the Bucks. Four for 20. I mean, I shoot four for 20 from half court. I'm fucking not kidding you. If you give me 20 shots from half court, I will make four buckets. I don't Put a pin in this one, Eddie Spaghetti. We're going to have to see this one. We can't just allow him to claim this willy-nilly. It's not possible to shoot as poorly as Drew Holiday, um, which puts even more pressure on Middleton down the stretch because there really isn't a second option. And P.J. Tucker set like a finals record for fewest shots in the most minutes. He took one shot. So you have a blank from P.J. Tucker. You have less than a blank. You have 16 blanks from Drew Holiday. He just, I mean, he was I mean, obviously missing open jumpers, but also missing drives, missing a putback from six inches. Like, uh, his, he's in his head. Uh, and so you're, you're really down to Middleton and maybe the kick out to Connaughton when, when you're trying to close out the game once you eschew the, the Giannis clear out. Um, which gets us to our picks. Yeah, well, and by the way, Connaughton also has to get a shout-out, not just because that pleases Eddie Spaghetti to hear it. But, you know, uh, uh, as we always say, there's a minimum standard that must be reached. Your superstar has to play like a superstar if you have, you know, uh, a shot in a long series like this. So Giannis is doing that. Middleton is stepping up. But Connaughton made a humongous three, but also his offensive putback was monstrous in the spot that, that he got that one too. So shout out to him. Now let's press ahead. Let's put all that in the rear view mirror and project into game five here. Start us off, Kevin Hench, best bets for the weekend. Okay. So even though the, the home team has, 
has prevailed in the first four games. I like the Bucks plus four in game five. For they figured something out um, defensively uh, that, that that Cam Johnson and uh, Mikael Bridges corner threes vanished in in, uh, in in Simmons sent me the shot chart. It's kind of remarkable uh, how few Simmons who Ben Simmons from oh, Australia. Uh, he would he would know. <laughs> it's like a guy who's never made a corner three. But so I feel like I'm not that bad. Compared to this rubbish, right, wait, that but, was English. All right, that's so, so I feel like the Bucks are built to win a rock fest. Like, right, the Bucks, I, you know, the Suns are talented, skilled. They like free flowing, good shooters. The Bucks are junkier, physical garbage. So I feel like if it's a low scoring game, game five, I like the Bucks plus four uh, in the desert. Now. Having said that, I do like DeAndre Ayton to bounce back over 15 and a half points. Um, you know, he's been such a nice player in these playoffs, and he he vanished a little bit uh, with six, I think, in game four. Uh, I expect him to bounce back with over 15 and a half. And then, uh, you know, it's funny, this lines up for us every weekend, so Spaghetti and I get to argue about it. But uh, I know I did say two weeks ago that Garrett Cole would figure out the spider tack thing. Then I argued with Spaghetti even against my own point just because I like to argue with him about the Yankees. But Garrett Cole very much did figure it out um, in the 129-pitch domination of the Astros. So I like Garrett Cole uh, Saturday against the Red Sox, against Evaldi, to avenge the shellacking he took at the hands uh, of the Red Sox last time out. All right, very good there. Hench, uh, let's pick it up there. Eddie Spaghetti, your retort and your best bets for the weekend. I Yeah, to add on to the, the Cole thing, I have to say, that was one of the best seeing games I've watched in quite some time, and I was on my way to the Dodgers game, which was a historic Dodgers game, the most runs ever scored in Dodger Stadium, 22 runs by them, two grand slams in that game, even Pujols hit one. It was That was something, so it was a great baseball day for me. Um, I'm going to go back, though, for best bets and start off with the two quick uh, Bucks suns bets here. Look, I mean, I'm not as bad as... Harry's been lately, but I'm not going to get that eight in MVP. The Suns and four is not going to work out. I do like what Hench said, the Bucks plus four in this game uh, in Arizona. I think it's going to be the first classic uh, game we have here. I know like the last game was a little bit closer, but still kind of clunky with all the, the the calls. It'll be a close one. I think it's going to be a one like possession game here, but the Suns will win this game. The other bet I like within the game is Giannis over 33 and a half points. He's had over 42 games so far this series. I think game five is going to be a road game. He's going to need to step up and be the guy in that game for the team. And, you know, Phoenix, the, the Suns are going to come out hot. They're going to come out, you know, with the kind of a chip on their shoulder, knowing this series seemed to be in their favorite and they may have lost momentum the crowd's gonna be on their side so Giannis is gonna step up to the plate and be a um, you know the big time scorer for them so I like that the third bet I have here it's a weird sports time the Yankees may have some COVID issues a lot of teams in MLB are not putting out their probable starters because we're coming off the all-star break I was trying to look for some open championship picks here I know like Parley Kid took Justin Thomas there's no one I really loved uh, there so I'm looking and I have been doing some fantasy football research and I looked at NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year odds and there's a pick here that I absolutely love and I want to hop on this before kind of training camps says who the starters are going to be and at plus 2900 to win NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year is running back Javante Williams and I love this pick for a number of reasons number one 
people always assume quarterbacks win all the offensive awards. Rookie of the year, not always the case. Uh, just in years past, Saquon's won this award. Alvin Kamara, Todd Gurley, Eddie Lacy's won this award. Cadillac Williams, Adrian Peterson. They even give it to receivers sometimes. I mean, uh, Odell Beckham won this award, and Anquan Bolden won it years back. So they are not afraid to give it to other positions besides quarterback, which is a good thing. Uh, some of the B reporters for the Denver Broncos have been saying that even if uh, Melvin Gordon is named starter, Javante Williams will still get the bulk of the carries. Another thing I like, too, is, you know, despite their kind of question marks at quarterback, although I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be the starter, having guys like Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton, and Jerry Judy as weapons makes the defense kind of be honest. They're not going to stack the box, so I think that he will have some freedom on the ground. And, you know, if Teddy B is a starter, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to dump the ball off a lot. And if Johnny Williams is in the backfield and he's there, he could do it. Even if he shares time with Melvin Gordon, he was on a really good UNC team, and he shared the backfield with Michael Carter, who's a Jets now, uh, who is going to be a pretty good running back in his own right. So he's used to the committee thing. And I think this kind of quarterback situation with the good pass catchers, it works out perfectly for uh, Javante Williams. I love him, plus 2,900. And I think he's a guy that, you know, he's going to be in the mix for this thing. With all the quarterbacks kind of cannibalizing each other, he is, a to me, a prime spot to pick for a Rookie of the Year candidate. Listen, listen, you got, as always, you got your finger on the pulse. Everyone's talking about Javante Williams coming into the weekend. This is, <laughs> this is exciting for our listeners. Well, as my point is, hop on this now, before right. training camp. So listen, hop on it now. I mean, you know, in, in February, we'll have an answer. This is very exciting. This is, this is, hey, uh, we could talk about Bradley Bealis USA heading over to Tokyo to get rolling there. Ugh, are they even going to do those things now with uh, everything that's going on over there? Who knows? Um, I, yeah, well, uh, I've fallen into Spaghetti's trap here. We talked about this on Extra Points uh, a few days ago. I like Justin Fields to actually get the the uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year there. Sal went with Zach Wilson for our Northeast uh, gamblers there. Uh, put a wager on that however you, you feel. In the meantime, I like I say, Booker's on his way to the MVP. I think that the Suns are going to bounce back in Game 5. I go against you two, and I'm going to lay the four for the home team there. Um, I'm going to ride with Booker at plus 112 to go over 30. Um, in game five, I think uh, that's that's pretty juicy, given that he just dropped 42 playing, you know, basically three quarters um, on Thursday not on uh, Wednesday night. And I'm with you, Hench. I like Aiton to bounce back too. I'm going over 28 and a half combined points and rebounds. He's been a rebounding machine. That's not the concern. Will he fill it up enough to uh, to get over there? I say he will. Uh, get at least 29 combined there. Well, hey, we got to talk about this 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 Chris Paul abomination for a second. Uh, you know, he maybe he's playing hurt. Maybe he's a COVID long hauler. He's certainly been quite bad the last few games. 15 turnovers in three games, which is funny because while he was just giving the ball away uh, in game four, Mark Jackson goes, when was the last time we've seen Chris Paul be this loose with the ball? Uh, the previous two games, you moron. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? What About are you 20 watching? minutes ago in real time, yeah. What are you watching? It's You just noticed Chris Paul's turning the ball over a lot. Uh, three games, you know, the game three of a 15 turnover stretch. Uh, so it, you know, you talk about like it, legacy defining games, plays, like if the Bucks win this series, that Giannis block is going to be 
you know, this this was the Giannis series. He's going to win MVP. He's he's going to have the highlight. And if Chris Paul never wins an NBA championship, those those fifteen turnovers over the course of three games, like I don't know, can he physically turn it around? That he doesn't look right. He's he's struggling. Uh, it, it's going to be real bad for his legacy if uh, if they lose four out of five in the series or four straight. I agree. And just as everyone jumped on the Chris Paul, we've loved him forever and we can't wait to see him win a title uh, experience gets rolling. Well, if you can't tell from the conversation, the NBA finals are here. They will be here for at least two more games. And FanDuel Sportsbook has a championship offer you don't want to miss because during the finals, new users are getting 30 to one odds on either the Suns or Bucks to win the next game. That means you can win $150 on a $5 bet. I love FanDuel Sportsbook exactly for offers like this. 30 to 1 odds as a new user. Make your pick. 50-50. It's about as close to series as you can get at this point, right? I'm going with the Suns, but you do you. Eddie Spaghetti, how are you going to do? I'm also going to go with the Suns. They're coming back home. They're going to have a fire lit underneath them. They know they have to win this game. It's going to be a pivotal game five. I think the winner of this game goes on to win the series, but I like the Suns at home. Eight in rebounds has a good game. Booker's in scoring the ball. Hopefully Chris Paul, who may be unhealthy uh, or injured, he can come around and score some points and get some more assists because he hasn't really doing that. But I do like the Suns to win a close game, so bet the Suns. And when you are betting it, as always, make sure you do it. FanDuel.com slash minus three, the word minus, the number three. And we'll see you in the winner circle. Or maybe we won't. Also, well, you know what? Uh, there's some, there's some uh, a really long in the future um, bet you can make right now. I don't even know if it's available yet on FanDuel. I've seen it in a couple other places. But now that Eddie Spaghetti has gotten my brain spinning on, um, on NFL, you can now bet. AFC versus NFC in the Super Bowl. AFC is laying two and a half, and I must say I kind of like it. I, the AFC is so much better than the NFC um, that I, I, I kind of think that one's fun. I, I, and I also can't bite my lip for the Javante Williams take or otherwise. It can't be Teddy B. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I can't help it. I, people bring it up. I have, to t- I have to talk about it. I'm very excited, Hench. I don't know if you've realized it's almost here. And I'm talking about the fantasy draft. So you better mind your P's and Q's. Okay. Because uh, your head could be on the chopping block with Damashek having kickout power. Round one. Round one, Javante Williams. I'm ready. <laughs> well, maybe if Eddie Spaghetti replaces uh, the sports guy, maybe uh, that'll, uh, if forever, that'll be the first pick. We'll already know have, he'll have tipped his hand. What you can't do is. You can't go Teddy B, and I predicted that is what they're going to do is go Teddy B. You can't play a safe QB in that division because the Chargers have a better defense than you. So the idea that you're even – even if you give the division to the Chiefs, which I don't, uh, even if you do, you're not even going to get into second place because the Chargers have a better defense, and then they would have a better quarterback than you too. you got to roll the dice with the gunslinger. The book ain't closed on Drew Locke. Just yet. You got to take the chance on, on a potential gunslinger shooting it out and keeping you in these AFC West shootouts all season long. That's a that. But I, I'm not going to get too bogged down here. Do you agree with my bet? The long play. You want to make a bet on February 2022? You're going to take the AFC laying two and a half right now there, Hench? <laughs> I feel like uh, if you bet it now, you'll get a whole point more than waiting 
until they're three and a half point favorites. <laughs> this is what well, but when Brady gets there, when Brady gets back, it'll be like that was a dumb bet you made back in July, Dave. That was because then it won't be because whoever Brady's gonna he's gonna he's gonna be getting points at this point. Are we gonna be so cynical if Brady gets back that whoever the the, the even if the Bucks are nine and eight in the Super Bowl, they're eight and nine. They somehow win the division in there. Who in the world would bet against Brady? Besides us, because because I, I I know I know I probably would like ah he's a he's a forty three old man he can't do it again and we that know was he my uh, that's my single biggest monetary loss of the year was betting against Brady. Well, not not wise. And do you want to talk at all about the the baseball? Do you want to talk about the atrocity? I, even you who don't who who doesn't care, Sal a sworn opponent of Damashek's uniform intakes doesn't care claims he doesn't care what do you how do you notice the uniforms how don't you notice the uniforms you look at them for three and a half hours every week what do you mean you don't notice them you don't care about them how can people who are so opinionated about everything under the sun not care about the about the colors that they're looking out uh look at the color schemes how they go together and everything else but you even you have to admit it this was this was a bridge too far with the what baseball did with the all-star game get-ups, right? I didn't notice. What an asshole, spaghetti. What an asshole. Okay, that takes us to this week's offensive rankings. We have to uh, rank things that offend us or society tells us we have to be offended by. Kevin Hench doesn't even get offended by that. Don't you see? Didn't you hear James Earl Jones in Field of Dreams, Hench? This is a, a, it's about the passage of time and everything. This this just ignored history and everything else to do this newfangled rubbish. I was a, a 10 on this one. Are you offended with the breaking news, Spaghetti and Hench, on the offensive meter here, the offensive rankings? Big 12 rules makers say that they're trying, much like uh, the professional ranks, tamping down on taunting. They can't have the taunting. It's too much. Um, and, uh, <laughs> actually there's a good Patrick Mahomes tie in because he's walking down the course in the celebrity golf tournament the other day and people are like, ah, Raiders are going to get you this year. And he's like, yeah, screw you or whatever. He's yelling back, playing grab ass with the fans. So he's like, Justin Herbert's better. He's like, yeah, now he's like, oh yeah, let's see him do it again. And he chuckles as he walks away. And then it turns into an actual story that sports talkers, grown up people are talking like. Is this bad? Is this going to light a fire under the Chargers and Justin Herbert? Was this a mistake for Mahomes? Like, don't, don't complain when quarterbacks or otherwise don't say anything into a microphone. This is what you've done. You've turned them into robots who are not allowed to say anything. When you turn this cute little back and forth with a rando Chargers fan at a golf course into an actual story. Shame the devil. Am I right there, Hench, about well, that one? Uh, sure. you're, yeah, you're right about the the good-natured jibing with the fans, the who gives a shit. Obviously, that's a zero. But we, we should be offended at any conference giving the shitty officials more power to ruin the game and cost you your bet. Oh, you were going to win. And then the guy did a downward horns. He did a downward horns uh, to a longhorn. So they got the first down and you lost your bet. Like, obviously, I it, it's so out of hand. I mean, 
you know, the fucking the spearing and you're ejected and just the it, it just feels like we spend all game under the hood reviewing hits, ejections, uh, now taunting. Was it a downward horns? Was it more of a lateral horns? Was he kind of, could you argue that he was at the 90 degree horns? Like, of course it's stupid. Um, you know, I mean, uh, Doug Baldwin shouldn't have been given 15 yards for shitting out a football in the Super Bowl. Who cares? I mean, the NFL cut away. <laughs> the NFL, uh, the, uh, apparently uh, somebody up on Mount Pius, uh, an NFL official blew in a call and cut to commercial. They never even showed a replay of that. That was crazy. I said, I remember I was in the stands when Doug Baldwin pooped the football. And I said, oh, no, Twitter is going to break right now because Doug Baldwin just pooped the foot, did a, a, a fake poop uh, touchdown celebration. And I was like, what's happened? I kept checking. I was like, huh, it's not break. The Internet isn't broken yet. And I, only after did I realize they showed no replay. And they cut away before you could actually see him doing it. It's outrageous. But by the way, too, what symptom are we treating here? Are so are Longhorns fans, and I'm not a big ah, slippery slope guy, but with the Longhorn fans are doing the horns in the stands. So that's above board, but turning them upside down. Now that's taunting and we won't have it. It really is. I mean, what in the hell? What in the hell are we doing in 2021? Billy White Shoes Johnson, I know everybody points out, like, the NFL doesn't like the the severe collisions, and yet they celebrate them all the time in highlight reels constantly. Same thing, um, Billy White Shoes Johnson is iconic, not for anything really that he did as a receiver, save maybe the Hail Mary that he caught for the Falcons late in his career. It's because he wiggled his knees and did the ball behind his head and everything else. But now we, we have to tamp down on that, the NFL – can have, I mean, that's the natural extension. I, think the, I mean, I think the NFL realized, like, you know who likes it when the the entire defense choreographs a performance in the end zone after a pick six? The consumers like it. The people who pay all your fucking salaries like it. When yeah, the but, Ty, but Tyreek Hill's not allowed to give the peace sign, which is hysterical that he does that on the football field. He's running free away from somebody who is world-class fast, and he's still pulling away from that guy, and he gives him the peace sign. That's that's great, and and fans love it, but we can't have it because I somehow the children are, I don't know, <laughs> going to turn out bad. if we. I, I think that's what's going to happen. I'm not clear on that. Who's against peace? <laughs> that's, that's now you've got it now now we're going to use this against pro football they are anti-peace that's a, that's a, uh and then again they make we celebrate the military and everything you know what maybe they are um uh, i have a, i have a bonus offensive meter that has oh, me ahead. a little a little bothered and i i think both of you guys will have an opinion on this and this is coming from the biggest hockey fan there is i love old school hockey and we don't have to get into it's not really a hockey discussion so don't worry listeners they're not going to bore you you know years ago it was cool during the playoffs after it come out of like oh yeah like so and so yeah he put like for you know you play with a you know a broken uh arm or something you find this out now there's like this ritualistic thing where the GM and the coach do this post, you know, cup victory 
press conference where they just rattle off an entire roster's worth of injuries, and it's kind of like lost all its feeling. They want to get all this like you want to get an applause from the 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 during the presser from fans and whoever else. But just from the the Lightning alone, uh, I, I saved all the injuries. They said their GM, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Breezebach, came out and said Victor Hedman torn meniscus. So maybe uh, Hench can give him some uh, some help there. Uh, he's going to have a procedure. His downtime is a month. Uh, he won't miss starting next season. Barclay Goodrow and Ryan McDonough both suffered broken hands during the playoffs. Alex Kilorn broke his fibula on Monday, had surgery on the Thursday, and was skating by Saturday, so he had to get back on the ice. And they said that Breezeball was choking up and saying, that's how you win a Stanley Cup. And then Nikita Kucherov, who everyone saw parading around during this uh, Stanley Cup uh, party, he uh, displaced a rib. Uh, during a hit from Scott Mayfield in Game 6 and wore a flak jacket the rest of the playoffs, and he had to get a nerve block before each game. It's like, now at this point, the team that wins, like they're just saving these up just to kind of brag about it, and to me, it's kind of lost all its like cool aspect of it. It's now this like lame thing where you're expected to hear what went wrong with all these players, and to me, it's, like, it's kind of cheesy now. But kudos to the players. I, I love it. I love it for hockey. It should just be for hockey because – and the players don't go, please issue a press release. They're still warriors, you know. When when uh, Patrice Bergeron, they won in 2011. They lost to the Blackhawks in the finals in 2013. And you learn afterward, his broken rib had punctured and collapsed one of his lungs. And he fucking played anyway. <laughs> and, and I just like, I, I love that stuff. Zero offense. I love that they'll just say upper body for three months and then at the end of the playoffs, they'll say, by upper body, we meant collapsed lung. <laughs> technical, a technical question for the two of you. If you. So if you hurt your knee or your ankle, lower body injury, if you puncture a lung, get concussed, an eyeball comes out, upper body injury. If, if your wiener is the victim of a skate injury, is that like what, which does that, that's lower body? Am I uh, I'm not clear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, um. It's measured uh, flaccid, so it's considered okay. lower no. body, uh, right. unless, you know, unless it's it's uh, game time. Oh, so so if if you're if you're erect, then, then it would body. veer in. Uh, well, I, I don't want to speak okay. for you guys, but then it's up by my. Oh shirt. no! That, oh, definitely. It's by my Way upper. If it yeah. listen, but make no mistake, friend. Oh, if that yeah. thing that thing is upper body all yeah. the way up. No, you know? I see, I look at a guy like you. I say auto fellatio, no problem, and he's not even that limber. That's that's what I see. <laughs> Who brought us here? Who fucking? Who's the host that brought? I don't in know. The, but let me tell you one more thing about the rules change. You know what? You 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 did walk me into something with the Big Twelve and all that. The officials deciding games because. Often we hear, what's the worst penalty? And it's the people always say, oh, when you fumble it through the end zone, that it comes back out to the 20. The actual worst one is the existing, unless they changed it this offseason, that college football, if you go head-to-head with a guy, that you're out of the game. No no warning, no 15 yards. And if you do it again, we're putting you out of this game. No, you're just out of the game. And so many, how many games have been decided by exactly that? Captain of the defense, middle of the field, collides in the first quarter. The guy like, yep, you're out, like, well, wait, I want to protest that. Well, you're not allowed. Goodbye. Like, what? With a, that's That has got to be the worst rule among major American sports going right now, right? I know. And it, and and what it is revealing is a limitation with the nature of the way the sport is played. Like, 
you you can't always not make helmet to helmet contact. You know, the idea is like see what you hit and you know, you know, but like the guy's ducking, you're going fast, like occasionally your helmets are going to hit probably why you're wearing helmets and the idea that it's like oh um you're gone because he ducked and you ducked and and that you know if high speed collision um you're you're out of the national championship game what i i do not know eddie spaghetti said and this is we're 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 putting a pin in this one too eddie spaghetti for next week please save this cuz i really do i've never heard hench's opinion on the designated hitter i've known him for more than 20 years now i have no idea his feelings on it but it's a fascinating um thing that i mean uh, sal and i were talking about it the other day too that isn't it just on face that the umpires in the american league used to all go out and they had that big pad that was detached from your body and they would do that but the national league guys wore chest per- protectors and would do that it's like why don't you got the umpires can't get on the same page between the two leagues they it, it's crazy that for basically our entire lives, there has been a designated hitter in half of a sport. It is, we don't talk enough about how loco it is, that they don't decide one or the other, like, ah, we'll just leave it, like half of the guys will do it. But I want to get your opinions. I don't want to do that right now because time's well, running short. Good. I'll just do a deep No, tease. I don't want you to tip I'm going to just tease don't it. Tip I'm not going to give an answer. Okay. Okay. I, I'm going to just ask a rhetorical question. How much do you guys think I love the one out sacrifice bunt? Okay. I mean, it's fucking terrible. It's not going to dip it though. You can extrapolate on how much I prefer the way one league plays when you see grown men bunting a runner over with one out because they're so fucking incapable. All right. Clearly, this is like religion. The house that you're born into in politics often dictates your worldview on this you were born into a red Sox house and so that's what determines your worldview of course you're wrong you're an educated man clearly you see you're you're an lcd guy hench i never had you uh down oh, as, a, as no, a lowest oh, but, it, but I, don't you see it's an extra I wish I could it's like the guy who might homer all but don't you understand years. All those years I had to suffer through fucking Big Poppy hitting walk-off home runs when I could have been watching John Lester bunting. Of course your version's better. Jesus Christ, I've been missing out on the one-out bunt when I've been watching Big Poppy launch walk-off home runs. Yeah, good. Then you know what? I hope the NFL adds a fifth down. That could be more. Then there would be more of what we like. Uh, Rubbish. All right. So we'll so we'll look we'll look forward to that conversation. Say we'll look forward to that the full thought next week. I was going to say this is where Yankees fans and Red Sox fans actually could uh, high five each other and, and cheer on the same side because I think uh, we're all in, in unison on this one. Yeah, it's because you have more money and it allows you to to pay uh, tens of millions of dollars more for a high end slugger. It only creates a greater distance between the middle class and the upper class because that because you can spend to have a luxury item a guy who can't field but can slug of course middle class and lower class teams could never dream of such a thing i don't have time Shep, for this i remembers his first time going to three river stadium and john candelaria lay down a sacrifice bunt move the runner over they didn't score tim foley popped up but he'll never forget He'll never forget the one-out bunt that the Candyman executed at his first trip to the ballpark. Like, That's why you're wrong. That's why you're wrong. It's awful. It's awful no, it's, to have a guy, a grown-up who cannot hit, 
in your lineup every day. It's, it's part of the game. If he's a, if he's on the field, then he has to bat. Those are the rules of baseball. I didn't make those up. That's the way it always was. And it doesn't mean you can't modify things and They're make them a little the bit better. Baseball in the league that's won the last nine All Star games. Wonder, yeah, and I wonder why that uh, things would tilt in that way when you have these big market, high spending teams. Of course, if you can devote extra dollars to a guy who can't field his own position, and Wait, you're wrong. The Dodgers like don't have great, money. The Dodgers are in the NL. They have money. The Cubs have money. Right, and then when they go to the World Series, they have the luxury of being able to plug in a position player who can slug because they have uh, they have deep pockets. We can we can push this to next week, like you said. We don't have time, but it's like (laughs) you know, Garrett Cole has this great outing, and then it's like, oh, by the way, Aaron Judge. Time for you to pitch. Like, imagine you reverse the roles. Like, oh, have position players throw an inning. It's I'm like, it's ridiculous. The, roles. the standard is the same. You're on the field. You're on the diamond. Then but you they're have not to, focusing you have to go on. To the back. I didn't make up the rules. I, Shaq, I don't want you tossing ridiculous. I don't want you tossing and turning, worrying about who the Buckos are going to slot in at DH in the World Series. Okay. Just, oh, I'm not, just I'm not worried your, about that. Fresh, I'm worried. Your little head. I don't know if you saw the draft and, and the grades it got, but 2024 fall classic. Hello, Buckos. I did see the draft and I did, did see the, 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 they had a good one. That the, Boston, the Boston Red Sox, uh, Got the number one ranked player in the draft that with the fourth pick. That was pretty exciting. And you have your and you have your big guy. Uh, what's his name? Jaron Durant. Jared Duran making his debut on yeah. the Thursday night. Just picked him up for my fantasy team. As a matter of fact. Um, all right, quickly. See, we 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 got the. But I I, I I'll say one last thing. See, that's why you're wrong. That's why I don't like the March Madness tournament because now every game is a coin flip and you know, Oh, it's an upset. Cause a 13 beat a blah, beat a like, yeah, it's not really an upset cause they're all pretty closely matched at this point. The greatness of pitchers batting is when they would hit. I remember as a young boy, when Bruce Keeson light hitting Bruce Keeson, that string bean of a pitcher for the Buccos hit a grand slam. I remember that when I remember that, if it if it was something that was fairly common, of course not. But I hold on to that because it happened so rarely. I know that Mike Hampton could hit like nobody's business. And I remember that Don Robinson was a great hitter for the Buccos too. Anyway, I, I, I don't have the time or the interest to indulge just a second more. We've already I wanted to I wanted to get your thoughts as a comedy writer, Hench, comedy writer supreme. I am just gaga over um I think you should leave. I mean, it might be the funny. Have you been watching this, Hench? It uh, might be the I, funniest show. It's, I, I, it's, I don't want to get crazy. It's maybe right. the funniest it's, thing I've it's ever It's made seen. it into my feed from so many different directions now that I, I have to consume it, obviously. I mean, people who don't have nothing to do with film, television, uh, it, political people, everyone is raving about this. It's insane. So, it is. In, I mean, it is so absurd. Is it, is it and how rapidly it gets... It's this Tim Robinson guy who, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's kind of like if you had a guy sort of like that, who, who's a good example of uh, like Len, Johnny Daw, Johnny Unitas was on the Steelers and they released him and then he goes on to Hall of Fame career. Tim Robinson is one of those people who was on the SNL, like uh, not the main cast, but the supporting cast and just did nothing. And now he's got the funniest TV show of all time. They must be like, Jesus Christ, what the, how do we let him get out of the building? But it's the funniest. Well, you know, that definitely will, will save that then for next week. Okay, I'll, I'll do yeah. my homework. 
because I want to get your win play show. The funniest. It doesn't have to be even the funniest shows. Maybe it's the funniest individual sketches you've ever seen in your life. You will be amazed by same form, obviously, as any sketch that how fast it gets off the rails in 90 seconds. It's just really crazy. Um, hard to describe, but I know oh, spaghetti's got, got for it, too. Um Lastly, because we touched on it with Ross Tucker, and it's a passion of mine, if no one else's, based on the lack of response, I floated it out and got very few responses. A bunch of um, Hall of All, 20th Century, Hall of Fame, Ty Cobb is in it, Pete Rose isn't in it, Barry Bonds isn't in it, T.O. had to wait because he wasn't nice enough to reporters in the locker room. It makes no sense. Let's throw them all away, move them up to Mount Pius. And let's start fresh. I watched the Bo Jackson 30 for 30 on my flight a few days ago. And this is what uh, um, got me uh, reignited on this subject. We need Hench, Hall of All. We put all the athletes in there, the ones who deserve it. The one, numbers are good, but they can confuse us. And they lead people like Kevin Hench and Cousin Sal and Bill Simmons to pound the table for Jim Brown and Bobby Orr, even though they've never seen those guys play a game. But they know that Jim Brown's the best of all time. Okay, it has its limitations. I'm not against it. But it also leads people in the year 2021 when I say, who belongs in the Hall of All? The number of Jim Thorpe responses I got. Like, based on what? You don't know. You didn't see Jim Thorpe do any. I mean, fine, but that's pretty far in the wayback machine we're getting here. Bo Jackson, if you saw him play, you knew you were watching a generational or uh, what's the century equivalent of that? A, well, anyway, uh, centennial level uh, star. Give me one name to get the ball rolling here, Hench, or two if you want to. We must, this guy, if we have a hall of all, I mean, that no question, this man or woman must be a part of it. Well, um, it, it, these guys all sound like multi-sport people. No, they don't have to. No, it, no, it's just somebody who is beyond. Like, for, here's another one. I'll give you another one, and because this is a tough one for me to say, given his departure and his failure in Game Seven of the '92 um, NLCS, specifically having his heels uh, uh, on the warning track and not knowing that he should be further in to make a throw on Sid Bream from second base. But Barry Bonds is – it's insane. I, perhaps the best baseball player of all time. Again, maybe not hyperbole. He's in the conversation at least with or without the juice and yet isn't in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds must be in the Hall of All. That's what I'm talking about, the spirit of that. Let's start with guys and women who belong but aren't for whatever reason in the Hall. A Hall. All right. Well, this is an easy one. Dave DeBuscher. He's not? He No, he's, wait, he's in his hall. Wait, you can't be in your own hall? Don't be a wise ass. Can't you just be, can't you just, can't you indulge your friend Dave? Can't you help him out, your old pal? Look, when you come up with these these things, like, first of all, I like the way you preface it with, um, yeah, I tried this once before. No one was interested. So now let's us try it. Yeah, okay. that's right. Okay. I don't care because you know what? It's a good idea and it's and it's justice. Okay. I'm a man so these, of are justice. Guys, these are guys who've been neglected by their own halls of fame. 
I mean, guess what? Tom Brady's going to make it, too, if that makes you feel any better. I think there's a, a weird hopefully there should be a, in the Hall of All. There should be a wing uh, for a group of college athletes because you only have a four year span at maximum. Sure. To, to, and then so, so sometimes you get guys who go into the pros and obviously their career could be good, but not Hall of Fame worthy. And then two that come to mind to me, at least in recent memory of guys that were it's inarguable the best potentially of all time at their respective positions were Reggie Bush and Tim Tebow and they obviously not going to make it as pro careers but like I think we deserve a they deserve a place to be enshrined for being the best at, at the collegiate level I think almost ever and I'm going to reject Tebow uh, Tebow, right, Tebow was a flop he's a, but he's I like Reggie Bush Reggie Bush was was underrated as an NFLer yeah, and he had I'm going to go career. You know who else? Billy Sims, one of the all-time great college runners, had a great four years in the NFL and then ripped his knee. If he'd been born when Kevin Hench was born, he would have fixed his knee up and returned to being an all-pro running back. Billy but Sims. But there is a college football Hall of Fame. Right. That's why Tebow can stay there. But Billy Sims also added with the Detroit Lions was – as electric as the guy who took the number 20 from him, Barry Sanders, go back and watch Billy Sims highlights. And you will, if you're cynical about what I just said, the, uh, the highlights will disabuse you of that. All right. Here's a good one. Kidding. Of course, because this is a stupid idea. Um, Sean White, Best snowboarder, right, best enough. snowboarder. That's, I've heard enough. I, I I'm done with it. Best I, now, snowboarder now of all time. Amazing skateboarder. You know what? Now you're not allowed to watch. I think you should leave. Now you're on a week probation. So now you're not allowed to enjoy it. Oh, so I gotta, it. Yes, hey, 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 I got this topic. I've uh, I've been I've been trying it out all week. Nobody's interested. Nobody's <laughs> interested. Let's chop it up. Let's chop it up. <laughs> all right. Screw awesome. you mean awesome. you mean spirited creeps. The great Kevin Hench, the great Eddie Spaghetti in his customary tank top, of course. Uh, good times as always, partially, you know, not as good, I guess, uh, as I would have hoped. But either way, hit us up, fanduel.com slash minus three. Bet along with us or fade us. Uh, uh, have your fun there and uh, drop us a line at minus three pod. If you're not like Hench and you do want to see a Hall of All because you're a person of justice, join me in this heroic stand Hit us up, drop us a line, Hall of All at Minus 3 Pod, or anything else you want us to kibitz about. Going forward here on Minus 3, make sure you're checking out Extra Points and all the great shows on the Extra Points Network. And until after the weekend, we'll, we'll break down what just happened and what's going to happen in the coming week. Thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.